Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by... Hello, this is international Catholic singer Anna Nuzzo, inviting you to join me and Father Dan Cambra of the Marian Fathers on a select international tour's Divine Mercy pilgrimage to Poland and the Czech Republic. It takes place in September of 2019, and we would love for you to join us. For more information, go to my website, AnnaNuzzo.com. Thank you, and God bless. Do you wish you knew the saints better? Overwhelmed with all the events in Catholic history and just wish you could tie it all together? It's tough work, and even scientists have determined that it takes approximately 400 repetitions to create a new synapse in the brain, unless it is done with play, in which case it takes between 10 and 20 repetitions. Introducing Saint Cards, where the facts about saints and history are presented in fun and engaging games for ages 4 to 104. Check out Saint Cards at saintcards.com and begin the fun for your family, school, and parish today. Introducing the redesigned CatholicSingles.com, featuring new ways that put the spotlight on the person and their faith, not just a profile picture. For the past 20 years, faithful Catholics have used CatholicSingles.com, and the reimagined CatholicSingles.com website is ready to help single Catholics take the next step in sharing meaningful relationships with other faithful Catholics. Remember, CatholicSingles.com for faith, fellowship, and love. This is the Padua Podcast Network. Thriving in the Trenches. It's the podcast where you will hear stories from real people with real purpose, all for a God who loves us with a real love. The Trenches, where life isn't always easy, but it is a place for women to be encouraged and equipped to uniquely and universally serve Christ in their feminine vocation. So, together, let's go deeper in our faith in God, in His church, and in our friendships. You are welcome here. Welcome to Thriving in the Trenches podcast. This is Becky Carter, and I am your host. I would just like to say I'm so glad for you to be here, and I am super excited about sharing this um, next episode with you. Um, you know, my heart is really, uh, right now, is, is just so focused on getting to share people's stories. And knowing that our stories um, give us opportunities to connect with each other, they give us opportunities to realize, oh, wait, I'm really not alone in that struggle. Or, oh, so my life really is normal, right? <laughs> I'm not crazy. I mean, I'm crazy, but you know what I'm saying. Anyway, um, today's guest, um, I'm, it was just such, such a good, fun time to be able to talk with Kessie Thomas. Kessie, um, let me tell you a little, about, a little bit about her. She was born and raised in Louisiana. She is a wife to a Cajun deacon. Uh, she is the mother of seven here on earth, ages 18 to two, and two sweet babies in heaven. She's been a homeschool mom since the beginning, 
but this past year has transitioned into a local classical education at John Paul the Great. She's the owner of an internet-based business called Simplicities of Life. She creates rosaries, chaplets, and religious jewelry. She recently co-founded and directed the Abide 2019 Catholic Women's Conference. Kessie enjoys outdoor activities with her family that allows lots of fun and bonding time, but equally enjoys quiet time with our Lord. She has been invited to share her story at multiple gatherings and has created community along the way. Most evenings, you can find her on her wine porch, sharing a glass of wine with her husband, visiting with her teens, and watching the kids play. One day, I'm going to have wine on that wine porch with Kessie. But I just love this story. It's a, as you'll hear, it, we all have this special calling. And God creates these in us to serve Him, to serve the body of Christ, and to glorify Him. So it's really fun. You can hear how God has worked in her life through that calling and how even early on, she was she was called to that and being active in that same way. So I hope you enjoy. Kessie, welcome to the podcast. I am so happy to have you here. Thanks, Becky. I'm excited to be here with you. Um, it's going to be fun. Yes, we are going to have a lot of fun. We're going to try not to have too much fun. But um, I would love for you to tell our listeners a little bit about you, your faith, your faith journey, and what has brought you to this fabulous season of life? Well, I'm an only child who was born in South Louisiana, raised, and um, went to school there, all South Louisiana. And when it was time for college, I moved to Lafayette, big city of Lafayette, and attended USL, that's what it was called at the time, and started just that life of college life. I was uh, all through my school years at home, I was very much uh, of my faith and just knew that that's where I needed to be. When I decided to go to college, not so much. Lost some of that faith and got off the journey a little bit. And then got involved at RIV Wisdom on campus and really um, dove right back into my faith um, after probably a total of four years. I was kind of off my rocker, um, but got back on it and um, met my husband on campus. He asked me to uh, go on a date, and I said, well, you have to come to Mass with me first. So we did that. We went to Friday Mass, New Mass, and went to lunch after, and history after that. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know so that we, that's how y'all met. We were in communications class, actually. Yep. And, you know, he said I flirted with him. I did, probably. But anyway. <laughs> not you. <laughs> well, um, so how long did you guys date before you got married? Three and a half years. Oh, wow. Three and a half. Very good. And so was, was he strong in his faith when you guys met? I would not say, I think he would agree with me that he was not um, as strong. He was a Sunday Catholic. His family um, was not set to a certain parish. So, um they were not a family that was involved in the church, you know, in the church parish, but they went, they were faithful Sunday Catholics. And um, he always said that he had a devotion to Our Lady. 
and that when we met, I had a you know a very close relationship with uh, our Lord, and so we kind of have always said that He introduced me to Mary, and I introduced Him to Jesus. Oh, so um, that's really yeah. sweet. That is actually very <laughs> sweet. Now, what about your upbringing? Were you Sunday Catholics? Were you more than that? Did you get your faith? Did you? I mean, you knew Jesus. I knew Jesus. I contribute my faith to my grandmother, uh, my mom's side. Um, I did go to Sunday Mass, went to catechism faithfully, was involved in youth group, and I just was kind of walking the life of I wanted to do what was going to make my grandmother happy and what she taught me what I was supposed to do. So I was involved in, you know, the youth group. I was involved in Brewery Against Drugs and the Key Club. I was trying to make the community better, you know, all of those choice things you can do up until, you know, your senior year. Um, and But very involved at our church parish at the same time, as much as I could be. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like, you know, just hearing that little tidbit of how you were in high school and then knowing you now as an adult and the, and the real crux of the reason why I asked you to be a guest on the podcast, community has always been something that's very important to you. And the Lord has um, created in you this desire to bring people together in his name. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. very cool. Um, interesting tidbit. I always love sharing these interesting tidbits to to listeners because it's always fascinating how the Lord weaves his body of Christ together. But Cassie and I, you know, I grew up in South Louisiana and I used to live not far from where Cassie grew up. And we do know some of the same people. So I would not be surprised if sometime in those college years we, uh, you know, saw each other at the bar or something if (laughs) if we were to do something like that um so anyway I love that I love that we made we were able to make that connection so again Kessie and I I, we met on Instagram you know the famous Instagram friendship but um Kessie and I have been able to actually hang out in real life and uh I went down to visit my family in Baton Rouge Last summer? Was that last summer? Just a year ago? And we made it. That's right. That's right. That's right. And my mom came with us and we made a day trip over to Lafayette, Louisiana. Everybody thought that we were all crazy. Not sure if Kessie was the stalker. Was I the stalker? (laughs) But um, we had just an absolutely delightful day. And it was really a treat to get to do that. And then last summer, Kessie came up here to Arkansas with all her girls and we had a fun girls weekend by the pool and it was just it's been a treat and then the um a really neat piece of our friendship is that um again goes back to why I asked you to be a guest on the podcast and as any good friend does she encourages others or she encourages you to um, step up in your journey or encourages you when you're down. And as I had shared on the first podcast episode back, um, that I had been in a time of spiritual dryness. Well, Kessie just happened to be, uh, spearheading a, a women's conference down in Louisiana with a couple of other gals. And, um, I knew about it. Kessie talked about it. 
but I didn't get it, obviously. <laughs> and uh, one of my good friends from high school said, hey, let's go to this conference. And long story short, the Lord worked it out. And I did. And I walked into this hotel where the conference was. And I looked around. Well, actually, I think I had talked to you and you said when 700 other people get here. And I said, 700 people? Like, how do you even do that? Like, you didn't tell me it was this big. That's a lot of work. <laughs> so anyway, um, that is the conference I went to. And that is the time that the Lord had really started consoling me and asking me to come back to podcasting. So um, I would like for you to share why, where, how did the Lord really start building in your life, asking you to do something big? I mean, big. <laughs> did you have any idea what he was really asking <clears throat> you to do when you said yes? No, because I wouldn't have said yes. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, did not have a clue how big his plans were. My husband um, became a deacon. It'll be this... Um, June be three years. And right after he became a deacon, there was some time period that um, friends that, so I am very blessed with a huge community. I have many women that on a drop of a hat, I can call or send out a text and ask for prayers. And I'm very blessed by that community. And so there was a shock that came to me when after Corey became a deacon and and I don't know what the significance of that is, but I think it has to do a little bit of the grace, but I'll go back to that. Just remind me to go back to that. Um, but people started telling me that they didn't have community. They didn't have sisters that they could call on. And some of these people were people that I knew that I was like, really? You don't feel like you have somebody that you can call? And a few of those people I kind of you know, took under my wing, but I, keep, I couldn't keep taking people under my wing. <laughs> And so um, then strangers started to, um, we would have a conversation and strangers would just randomly tell me they don't have community. So I began to pray about that. Like, why is that coming to me? Why is that, in, why is that surfacing in my life? And then um, one of the gals who did um, the, I just say gals, like I'm from Arkansas or something. <laughs> one of the ladies. Uh, gals is good. Let me say formal. <laughs> Uh, the ladies who helped with the conference, um, her and I got together and did this little uh, brunch. And at that brunch, we talked more about how uh, our Acadiana area does not have community and just kind of brainstorm on a few things. And, and the co a conference might have came up. I really don't remember a whole lot of details of that day other than it was beautiful and it was blessed. Um, so shortly, that was some time. So that was probably, it'll be three years this summer. Uh, we had this little meeting, and then one day in prayer, I was sitting in my prayer chair, and it was very clear. I just felt like the Lord said, you need to have a women's conference. And of course, my first response, my first response really was, okay, sure, what are you, you going to do? And it just kind of, I kind of let it roll off my back. It was not a big deal. And then in prayer again, it came up again, like, no, you really need to do this conference. So I started doing some research and realized that our diocese had not had one since 2011. And almost oh. 900 people had signed up for that conference, oh. which was mind-blowing. And I did not attend that conference. I remember it happening, but I don't remember the reasons why. I did not attend. Um, so I just went to prayer more about it and contacted um, 
one of the other ladies that was helping me, Missy, and we went on this girls' beach trip, and we were talking about it in the car because, you know, we were not being, you know, disturbed by anyone. So she's like, let's do it. And I was like, you sure? And she's like, yeah, let's do it. So we got all excited, and she's an ideas person. So we were throwing, you know, just brainstorming all these things. And then not long after that, we realized we needed to have a third person. So that's when we called Amy, who is the one who helped me do the brunch over the summer. And I was like, look, I don't know what the Lord's plan is, but I think we need to, you know, I'm called to this. We work well together. Would you like to do it? And she jumped on board. So that's really how it started, that the Lord, I just felt like I heard him say it. And I said yes. And then I just, um, like nothing else in my life, started to take one step at a time and rely on him, which again, like I said, it never, I don't think I've been this trustworthy about anything in my life. Uh, It took us about two years to plan it, but the last year of planning the conference, I really started to realize how much I trusted him in this and didn't trust him on stuff in my life. So in the last year I've been praying, why am I not so trustworthy and have changed, you know, trying to bring that whole aspect of the conference into my life and go, I need to trust you just as much as I trust you for the conference. Mm. Wow. That's deep. That's huge. But that's beautiful introspection, you know? Yes. It's, um, it's been a challenge, but I'm, um, because I'm open to what he desires, I feel like I have an openness now. I don't find it as hard as I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. But I'm taking it step by step because mm-hmm. I want to just, you know, be the steamroller and just change everything. And that's not how it's going to work. So um, anyway, so I just think uh, to go back to what I said about reminding me, I, the part of looking back from, you know, I did not get ordained. Obviously, my husband got ordained, but we often were told that, you know, the family receives graces and receives these things off of his ordination. And for the first time, I probably can look back. I mean, there was very tangible things after he became a deacon. But as far as like something, you know, quote unquote, big, looking back, I would say that his diaconate started, like I can see where the flow of graces led me to abide. And Hmm. that's one of the, I would say that that's probably some of the reason why I was so open to what the Lord wanted me to do. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Well, um, I think you you mentioned that um, you and Amy did a brunch together, but I don't, I, I'm not sure that you really explained that very much like before the conference. It was, yeah, it was probably about two, two and a half years before the conference. And we just, uh, there's a company called Blessed Is She, and they take uh, their big thing as community, but not just social media, like to find your women in your community and meet in person. Mm-hmm. And so we decided, okay, we can, we can do this. This is easy. And she, um, actually it was her idea. And she just asked me if I wanted to do it with her. And we just advertised and got some food together because that's what all Cajuns do. We <laughs> gather around food. And, uh, and we did. And so we gathered at a friend's house, a farmhouse uh, that's kind of in the country and all the women. And there was a lot of women who came that I knew. There was women that I did not know that I'd never seen before. Um, it was great. Some of those women actually came to the conference and they were like, remember me? I was at that brunch. That you had. Oh, and so um, it was just kind of what the Lord had put together. I think looking back, it's what he, it was like some of the starting, you know, seat. And that was, I knew Amy already. 
through, um, we go to the same parish and, um, and I've been knowing them since college. So I knew Amy, but I didn't know her, you know, a whole lot. We weren't like, I wouldn't say we're like friend, you know, close friends or more like acquaintances. And so that brunch, when we worked so well to our personalities worked so well together, that was, that was, she was the first person I thought of when we realized we needed another person to join us. And I went straight to her and I said, mm-hmm. we worked so well with this little thing. Do this thing. Let's do this really, really big thing. And in in her personality, she really is more the quiet, introverted one, uh, especially compared to you and and Missy. So y'all needed balance. (laughs) Keep you (laughs) crazy thinkers, creatives, you know, a little more. Come back down to earth. Did she say, "Mm, let's bring it down a notch or two? (laughs) How many times did she say that? She would always remind us to rest, you know, um, she would often remind us to rest. And so, um, it's something that I don't, I don't really think I've shared this with her since then, since the conference, but it's something that I've taken to heart today. Mm. Um, it took me probably about a a month after the conference kind of get back to normal life just to kind of recover. And something that I value is the the rest that she taught me in that. So I've been really trying to be intentional of what does rest mean? And rest simply means like taking the girls to the park because I can, and we're just going to leave everything at home and go to the park for an hour mm-hmm. and then come back home. So that's rest. You know, I'm not sleeping, but it's rest. <laughs> right. Right. There's a, a difference of opinion. And even I think the word Sabbath, even um, I think I was listening to a Sonia Corbett podcast um, a short time ago and she was her whole thing is on rest actually I need to put that series in um, the show notes because it's it's been really good and anyway um, it was so good that I can't even regurgitate exactly what I heard (laughs) but (laughs) I do remember rest and sabbath and it doesn't quite mean the same thing that we we think we have to be sleeping or something like that although it could mean that so um so the blessed is she brunch uh I'd like to also put that in the show notes. I will say that I did that several years ago. And this is when we had first come back into the church. And it was a beautiful way of establishing some community. And um, it was well attended. And um, people are hungry for community. Women are hungry for community. Honestly, men are too. I just think that they... Number one, they might not really be able to articulate that, but um, it's not a very quote unquote uh, manly thing to say is, hey, I just need some friends, but um, men need each other too. So anyway, I'm going to put that in the show notes too. The nice thing about the Blessed Issue Brunch is that they do everything. They have the whole system set up for you. They do all your uh, sign up sheets, all like all of that is just all online and they give you the links. It's just, it's actually very easy to do. Yeah. So you can have just coffee and tea or you can have people bring food. Anyway, that's a, a whole nother tangent, but um, I'd like to encourage others if they are thinking about starting community um, because they don't have it. It really is a, a, a good way to, to do that. And look what it birthed. <laughs> A mm. conference with 700 women. And I, I just wouldn't like to encourage any woman who, if them themselves do not have community or they know, you know, maybe 
they have that desire to have community. It does not take much just to have, um, you know, to, to open up your home. I, I just currently, right at the beginning of Lent, I decided to open up my home for uh, a book study. And as the Lord has had it, we're not still in the book study because I had sick kids. And um, yesterday I was praying about it going, okay, everybody's well now, so what does that look like? Do I go back to the book study? And I really felt the Lord made it very clear that this is not the time to add another book in my Lent. Um, I'm already reading two things from Jacques, Father Jacques Philippe, and to add another thing is not going to work out. And so I was sitting there going, okay, Lord, but what is it that you desire? Because I feel like I still need to open up my home. So you're telling me not a book. So what? And I, I'm going to just try it I'm, just to see. But these same women who wanted to come and do the book study, I'm just going to send them a note and say, you know, okay, I can't add another book to my Lent, but I would love to do it for Easter. But in meanwhile, why don't you come over still on the day that we said we were going to do? Because uh, I had opened up my house for the kids because I find that's what the Lord was calling me to do. For moms who have small kids, a lot of people don't want them part of their book study. They don't want to deal with the extra kids. And that's where I've been fed a lot in my growth, you know, younger in my early ages when I was in the trenches trying to get through those parents, those people who opened up their houses and said, bring the kids. It's fine. I was like, oh, I, I can still go and bring my kids. And so that's one of the things that um, I felt like he was telling me, you know, showing me yesterday is that just open the house. Hmm. The weather's beautiful. Just invite them over. Even if you're just talking about Lent, do the book study, you know, after Easter. So um, it's just about community, opening up your house. Um, and if you want to have some food, if you want to have some popcorn, you know, um, one lady had offered, she was, I can bring a big bag of coffee. And I was like, ooh, I don't own a coffee pot, but okay, uh, let me see how I can fix that. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, I probably should have coffee. But anyway, the point is, is that it doesn't have to be complicated mm-hmm. at all. Community does not have to be complicated. It just needs to be an open heart. And people need each other mm-hmm. is what it comes down to. Yeah, absolutely. When you said open your home, the the next words that came to my mind was, and open your heart. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, that really is what it is. And so tell our listeners a little bit. You you, you talk about your girls and, um, well, I'll, you know, I'll, that'll be part of your bio. But you made a big switch from... You've always been a homeschooling family. <laughs> no, you're yeah. not. <laughs> um, kind of in the transition of not being one anymore. Um, we have a total of seven children living at home. Uh, we have two that uh, we lost, so they're in heaven. So we have two at home, uh, seven at home, and our oldest will be uh, 19 in September. He is finishing out his homeschooling years. He's a senior graduating in May or early June. And he's got online classes, so I'm really not teaching him anymore. I'm just trying to keep him accountable and hold him um, to the fire. I have our uh, next four children. Uh, We entered a school here in town, locally school. It is 45 minutes away. People think we are crazy because we passed probably 15 schools going to our school, and they're all Catholic schools. Uh, But it's just where the Lord had called us. A lot of our community was already there from Our Lady of Wisdom. And it was a lot of homeschool families that transitioned into the school. It's a classical education. So four of our kids are there. Um, it has not been the best. Okay, not it has been the best. It has not been the easiest mm-hmm. transition in the sense of, uh, I think I wasn't prepared as much in the sense of 
the different stages that I'm having to go to in a, in a day. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm up at 5 a.m. because I'm determined that, I, that I'm going to have my time with the Lord. It's a commitment that I have. So I'm up at 5 a.m. Then, you know, you have the transition of getting the kids up and out the door. And then I still have two little ones at home. I have a five-year-old and a two-year-old. And then so I'm dealing with them all day and cooking and cleaning the house and whatever activities we have. And then come 4.30, homeschool kid, uh, school kids are in, and we're doing homework, something we've never done before. And um, I felt like I was kind of in a groove until the spring weather came. And I was like, oh, we can't just go play outside. We have to do homework. <laughs> so, uh, but it's motivation because yesterday we were doing something, and I was like, we were, happened to be in the car waiting for one of the siblings. I was like, okay, who has homework? What can we do in the car? And we had like a half an hour, and we were like just filling it out. And when I got home, I said, y'all to war? Did you get to go play outside until I fix supper? And we even fixed supper and brought it outside and had a picnic outside. Oh, love that. So we're trying, you know, the transition uh, has been hard, but we know that this is what we're supposed to be doing. Uh Uh, Our kids are getting what they need. I was not able to give everything to seven kids and just having babies, you know, two to three years apart, there was always a baby in the house. So it was hard to give them the education that they needed. And I finally had enough humility to admit that and not be prideful about it. So um, we made the transition. So our fifth one will start next year. And then I'll just have the three-year-old at home. She turns three in a couple of weeks. So I'll just have her all, all to myself next year. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And it's fun. It's funny because you haven't had just one kid in the house during the day since, <laughs> what, 19 years ago, 18 years ago. Isn't right. that crazy? Right. Yeah. And that's, I said, it's kind of the same way with the two. You know, we only have, you know, the two in the house. And I, like today, we met some friends at the park just for an hour. And I was like, I have to get back into this because our oldest had that. And so when the little one's home by herself next year, I'm going to have to have play dates. I'm going to have to open up my home again and, and have this community, not only for myself, but for my child. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we form community through school. So, yeah. Well, good. Well, I think it's also fun that the Lord has brought... Um, as part of our friendship, our specific f- friendship, we both made that transition at the same time. Um, <laughs> I started my transition a, a semester before you, but with just a couple of my kids. So it, the Lord is just consoled through that. And um, he's just so he's, he thinks about everything. Isn't it amazing? And, you know, just we were able to kind of encourage each other through that or, oh, my word this homework? This is crazy. <laughs> homework? Yeah. Anyway, so um, any anytime we, we step out to do something new, God is going to provide everything we need to be able to do it. And um, so if God's asking you to do something the, new, let's, yeah. Weren't we in the middle of that book study when we were doing that? We did the... Um, Take up, friends, and take up and read. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was the the pink book about friends. Was that the same amount of time? Yeah, I think Becky, so. Becky, Becky and I chose this. Uh, we did this book study, and it was amazing because we did this Marco Polo. <laughs> so we committed to each other that we would Marco Polo each other. We would do our stuff, and we would hold each other accountable through Marco Polo. And that, my friends, has been amazing because that really made our friendship grow. To do, and then we then we yeah. had this commitment. Okay, every Friday at seven a.m. or whatever it was, we're gonna we're gonna talk about well how how our week has been. 
that didn't last very long, but... (laughs) We couldn't go live. Marco Polo, though, if you don't have that uh, app, my friends, you must have that app because it's it's kind of like a um, walkie talkie, except you have video. So you you definitely shouldn't do this while you're in the bathroom. But (laughs) um, (laughs) it is it's great because when you are Kessie would always Marco Polo me while she was folding laundry. That's where. The, the crux of when she was sharing with me that that was when it happened for her. Her kids were down, you know, it's 11 o'clock at night. And though I may not be available for a conversation, when I wake up early the next morning, then I can listen. And then I would respond as I was making lunches or whatever in the world I was doing. And so um, the the conversation can continue for days. But it, yeah, just seeing your face and your facial expressions and then getting to see your babies in the background and they're looking at my face when they're saying, hey, Miss Becky, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, ladies, if you do not have that app, I would strongly encourage you to do so. It's great. Especially if you have a friend out of the state. Yeah, so, I mean, we did. We did that book study through Marco Polo. Mm-hmm. So it was beautiful. It was a gift. It really was a gift <laughs> yeah. to do that. Absolutely. Um, so now when my kids hear me say Marco Polo, they're like, is it Miss Becky? It's always Miss Becky on Marco Polo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do have a few that it's it's pretty regular. You're one of them. So <laughs> I, um, if we could scoot back to the conference real quick, you ladies put together three words that you really wanted to accomplish, like the four words, I'm sorry, um, four words to accomplish um, as your quote unquote goal of the or your mission, am I saying that right? I'm saying that wrong. Oh, you explain it. Uh, okay, so this is where I need Amy and Missy here because. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do your best, and then Amy, I'll have them Amy, on. <laughs> Amy is our uh, word girl, and it's really funny. She often um, makes a joke that they were just those words were thrown out. And we just grabbed them. So I know one of them is rest, gather, rest. Okay, I'm going to probably cheat real quick. And I'm going to look those words up because, you connect. know, I can't do it all on my own. Connect. <laughs> I'm here telling you restore, connect. Restore. Restore, connect, rest. Is there just three? You said three. I said gather. Four. Gather, connect, mm-hmm. rest. Rest and renew. 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 Okay. <laughs> I mean. So our, it's, uh, okay, so it was really funny because at the conference, I was supposed to do this um, interview with our MC on how this whole mission, this whole conference came about, and we were sending the women out on this mission because we all gave them a, a, a book called Restore from the um, Bodying Podcast. There's a, a Bodying Podcast, and they were doing this. They did this book study on the four women doctors of the church. And so that was our gift to these women to, so that they could take a book, tangibly take a book, and go meet with some other women and have a, a, a community, form community. And so in this meeting, I was supposed to be by myself. And at the last minute, I just kept feeling very – from the beginning, I was not feeling too sure that I should have done this, this, meet, this, this interview on stage. And so at the very last minute, I looked at Amy and Missy because they were trying to help me say what I was going to say. And I am not the word girl in this this group. And so I'm sitting here taking notes and Amy's trying to write, tell me what to say. And Missy and I was like, 
I just think y'all need to come on the stage with me because really, I don't need to do this by myself. And so real quick, we realized uh, the Lord just um, really um, blessed us with this. And we realized that each of the words meant something of one of us. And so um, I was the one who gathered. I'm the gatherer. And Missy connected us. I mean, Missy knows all sorts of people. So when we needed something or, you know, an idea was there, she'd always connect us to different people. And then, of course, the rest was Amy. And she, at first she was like, I'm not lazy. And I was like, we're not saying you're lazy. No, no, no. We're not, we're not trying to, you know. So it kind of became a joke, you know, that she's the one who rests. But she really did. She truly would remind us, you know, sometimes because we did Marco Polo with the three of us, too, for the conference. And sometimes I was, like, kind of wrapped up in something. And she would just text me and say, just walk away from a bye today. Hmm. Go be with your family. And I was like, but I have, this has to be done today. And she was like, it's going to be here tomorrow. Just rest in your family. So she truly was the person who was always keeping us focused on that. And then the last word was renew. And so the renewer was what we were hoping that these 600 to 700 women were leaving the conference feeling renewed and that they could go home feeling, you know, renewed enough and brave enough and have a courage and that hopefully we encourage them to go home and start the community that mm-hmm. maybe they didn't have. Mm-hmm. Or maybe even if they have it, create some more because for the women who don't have it. Right. So that was our four words. Well, I love those four words. And um, you did do that for me. So I know <laughs> you have, I know you have seen and heard of a lot of the fruit from the conference and from your yes. And um, I know the listeners will hear me say this over and over. Um, As I have thought through the guests that I want to have on the podcast this season, and as I continue on, um, you know, I kind of work through all my words of rewording my intro. And it was real stories from real people. Now, I'm not saying you know, quote unquote, famous people aren't real. But I wanted to also talk to women like me, like you, who um, aren't in the limelight. And we are in our in our community and our parishes and our jobs, wherever neighborhoods and that even our yes can grow into something really big and beautiful if we allow the Lord to work with us. It's that synergy, that synergistic um, relationship that we have with the Lord. We can't do anything good without Him. And He needs us to say yes to give us the grace. And um, that that is indeed what happened at your conference, the Lord's conference, as you say. And... Um, <laughs> I just want to say thank you for for saying yes, and um, because I I'm experiencing some of the fruit from that, and um, yeah, so thanks. You're very welcome. We have had a lot of success stories. One story that touched my heart while we were there is that in the time that we had offered con- uh, confession. I never met the lady, but there was a lady there that she had not gone to confession since her first confession, and she had chose to go confession. And uh, I remember in the midst of the conference, 
someone had shared that with me. And I, I really, I was like, wow. And I said, and I looked at some of the volunteers and I said, if that's the only reason why we came and did all of this, then so be it. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I mean, the Lord did, has, you know, blessed us with many stories that we've heard from different people, um, just like your own, you know, your own story with the podcast and hearing him say to go back to it. Um, but um, it it was shocking. I think for me personally, uh, like I said, it took a whole month for me to come off of that conference. Mm-hmm. And so um, it was a little bit shocking. I can't, I remember that like on Tuesday after it was over and I was like hearing all of these stories and I was like, okay, Lord, my cup is empty. What is the deal? You know, why? Why do you call me to something and everybody is so happy and everybody is, and I'm like feeling dead and empty. And um, now, you know, here we are at the end of March and and I'm just came off of uh, a trip with my oldest daughter. And it's, and it's not about, um, it's not about always having my cup filled is what I realized is that it is something he called me to do. And in doing it, my family did have sacrifices and we had to, you know, it wasn't just myself sacrificing you know, my seven kids and my husband, we all sacrificed. And, and so did Missy and her family and Amy and her family. We all had sacrifices. But what I realized after this weekend is that he will take care when he knows best. Mm-hmm. And so he's going to feel me as I need to be filled. And that's really what I'm experiencing this Lent is that it, you know, it took till Lent, but it was just that. And I was just trying to be, you know, I wasn't being very patient with him. I was like, I, I want my cut filled now. <laughs> and so, um, and he, in his own special way, um, reality just hit me. And I was like, wow, he really filling my cup. It's not so much that I can go away for a conference or I'm away, you know, for my whole entire family, but he is steady. You know, for the first time in my life, I realized he's filling my cup and I'm still walking in my life and the mission that he has me, you know, dealing with my kids every day, dealing with housework putting food on the table, you know, meals on the table and dealing with everything around. Um, because I think, because I feel like I'm saying yes, every day, he's given me what I need for every day, which is not what I knew before the conference. Mm. So I think that was why it was so hard for me after the conference. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> but, um, it was, it has been a blessing to our community. Lots of people have been talking about it. I met a lady in the park yesterday, uh, and I saw her and she was like, man, you know, it would be great if we could have an abide for couples. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, whoa. <laughs> that, that would be amazing. Yes. Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, so anyway, God willing, we will do it again uh, in two years and see what he has planned for that. That's awesome. Well, I know some women came away from that conference, some who had traveled and from their own diocese. If, if there's a woman that is listening to this podcast and saying, wow, I really have felt this call like Cassie um, did to build community. We've, we've mentioned the brunch, but what if it's time to move beyond the brunch? Um, What do you have any little nuggets or encouraging words for um, any woman who thinks it's, it's time to move beyond the brunch? We need a new hashtag beyond the brunch. (laughs) Pray. <laughs> okay. That's my first and foremost is pray because I didn't just jump into this conference just because I thought it was something I needed to do. And so the, I truly believe, and I would think that Missy and Amy would agree with me, is that this was successful because we prayed through it. 
And when there was a need in the, you know, in the, um, when a need came up, we didn't jump real fast. We prayed. Um, so I would start off with asking the Lord to provide, you know, um, someone that's willing to help because you need a team. One person cannot do it. And then, um, the other thing I would pray, pray for and ask the Lord to just make it clear if that's what the Lord is calling her to do. And then if it is what um, the Lord is calling her to do, then he will provide along the way. Because there was not a time that he did not provide for us. Uh, down, to, uh, uh, down to the very last day, uh, right before the conference, we had this idea, because uh, it was Candlemas, whenever we had oh, our conference, mm-hmm. and we wanted all the ladies to go home with these candles. And Missy's a great negotiable, she's a negotiator, and she got on the phone with this local warehouse that we have, religious warehouse, and she was talking to them and everything, and come to find out, it's just, you know, the Lord delights, and you know, delights us so much. Uh, we end up getting um, candles, blue candles. Uh, to represent Our Lady for way less than, like, uh, it was less than half the price. I mean, it was, he just wanted to get them off his hands. He was like, I have this many candles and I just want to get rid of them. He said, so what if I just sell them to you for what I pay for them? And we're like, so, like, so just down to the little bit, God provides. So that would be my, my encouragement. Um, I did have someone reach out from up north um, and I told her, I said, I'm willing to help you and give you any suggestions and, you know, that we did. You know, if you, if someone wants to ask me, I am willing to answer anything. I, but my first and foremost is to pray and make sure it's the Lord that's asking you to do it. Because if he truly is asking you to do it, he's going to provide mm-hmm. like he did for us. Those are great words of encouragement. Thank you. And speaking of encouragement, you know, our favorite hashtag around these parts is women encouraging women. And so as we mm. close out this podcast, I would like to ask you this question. Has there been a woman in your life who has encouraged you in such great ways that you've experienced conversion or your life has changed in such big ways that um, your life is just different and it's you can see God's grace working through that woman in your life? So this is a very hard question for me because I really feel like I have been blessed by uh, many women to encourage me all the way back from my grandma, you know, up until today. Um, But there's a particular woman that comes to mind. I met her in college um, and she is a beautiful soul, a beautiful family. They invited me into their family. She kind of like was my mentor in college. And it got to the point where I started babysitting for her. Um, and as the story goes, she actually, I was able to hire her kids to, to babysit for my kids. Um, it's been a beautiful relationship. And my husband is very close um, also to them. So it's kind of a, a couple mentor if, if we ever need that. But I, I'll, this one particular story, I'll never forget. I was going through a very hard time. I, I felt like I was really deep in the trenches and just really did not know how to get out. And I remember going to my husband over and over again, just like expressing to him how I was having a hard time and I wasn't sure what to do. And I'll never forget. He was like, just go call Bonnie. Just go call Bonnie. <laughs> and um, I remember her, she was leaving town and she made, she went out of her way. We were both going to a, a certain event in town. And she said, are you going to this event? And I said, yes. And she said, okay, let's meet at the event. And about halfway part of the event, we're going to go outside and we're going to talk. 
and I had like a um, a baby at the time. I was pregnant for my fourth, and I just this one piece of advice, and she probably is gonna laugh when she hears this. And I, I bring this up a lot because it's like when I'm having a hard time, this is what I tell her my word, the her words back in my head. And she would she told me she says you know after I expressed all my 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 junk to her and tell her what I was dealing with, and, da, da, da. and she said okay, she says. Um, you're just going to put your head down and you're just going to make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. You're going to nurse the baby and that's all you're going to do. And if that's all you can do in one day, then that's what you're going to accomplish. Make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and nurse the baby. And on the days you can do more, then do more. And I, you know, that sounds so simple, but I remember times in my life where, you know, whether it's that I had a toddler and a baby or, you know, um, Something was happening in life, and I had this still going in my life with the other kids, and whatever it was, I just was like, okay, maybe I'm about to tell us how much I the baby. And it wasn't so much that that's what I needed to do, but the encouragement of those words gave me empowerment that, okay, I'm just going to put my head down, make peanut butter sandwiches and nursing, and, and nurse the baby. Because that right there, I was like, I can get through this. Whatever it is before me, I can get through. And since then, she has really giving me more advice than that and more encouragement than that. And she's been a terrific role model of prayer for me and discernment. And she's also, um, I haven't quite learned this quite yet, I, um, but I want to learn it so bad. And she's very good at um, when she's in like community and discussions, she knows how to keep her mouth closed. And she just, <laughs> and so one day she said, you just smile and nod. Even though you don't agree, you just smile and nod. And I know she's smiling right now if she's listening. <laughs> but, and and I've, 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 that's another part that I've held to myself is that I don't need to always be talking. You know, I don't always need to be giving my two cents or telling somebody what I think, what I think they need to be doing. Um, but I need to just smile and nod. And so I've practiced, I've practiced, I've done it. And then other times I, I'm in a situation, I'm like, gosh, I just smiled and nod like Bonnie. <laughs> so anyway, that is, that is my woman. Um, like I said, I've had so many women and it was, it's so hard for me to pick this particular one, but um, that's what keeps coming to mind is her, is her face and her encouragement. And probably because she was like one of the first when I was in college and I made a decision to live like God wanted me to live. She was the first one, you know, woman that the Lord had put in my life. So that's probably why she hold a special place mm-hmm. in my heart. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I love that story. And there are going to be so many women who need to hear that message of just put your head down, make peanut butter and jelly and nurse the baby. I don't have a baby, <laughs> but I still could take that piece of advice. We we get in our in our heads that we have to do these grand big things with our family and be this perfect parent and we don't like that's not I mean yes let's let's aspire to do more and be more to our children we just have to be Christ to our children mm-hmm. really when it comes down to it and when they're little like that it's peanut butter and jelly and mm-hmm. and nursing the baby <laughs> like that's being Christ at that point but um i think that's really just a beautiful um analogy we can all use right. in our in our life. So, well, and I, I can connect it to. Oh, sorry. Nope, go ahead. Nope, you finish. I can connect it real quick to this, and I, well, it'll be real short. I'm reading Father uh, Jacques Philippe's book, 
and I've been listening to the podcast, the Abiding podcast. They're doing the book study. And this week's, um, I think we're on week three, but one of the things was, was that um, to focus on our life today. And sometimes when I was trying to, you know, when I was getting stressed out, I was focused on what I think the Lord wanted me, what I thought the Lord thought I should be doing. Instead of just focusing on what He's given me today and not go, if I, it was this, I'd be happier. And Heather and Michelle and Sister Miriam are talking about that on their podcast this week about it. And they're, and, and that's what they were saying is that, you know, oh, if, if the kids were older, it'd be better. Or if the, you know, if I was doing this book study, it'd be better. Or if I was able to do this. And that's not it. Mm-hmm. It's about being today. Where we are today. And am I happy and satisfied um, in what I'm doing today? And that's where the peanut butter and jelly comes in. That whatever it is I'm dealing with, just deal with today. Don't worry about where I think the Lord is calling me. It's where I am today. Am I, can I deal with what he gave me today? And then, of course, we have to plan and, and, and do things for the future, but not to harp on them and to trust him that he can provide for us. Right. Right. Exactly. I love that. Well, I think we should end right there on those really beautiful words of wisdom. And, um, Cassie, I, I, I couldn't think, and I really did, maybe... I stood firm on I wanted the Abide Conference to be my first interview um, back into <laughs> podcasting because it was such a big piece of of uh, the timing and such for me to say yes. And so I I can't I couldn't have imagined a better place to start. And um, I'm just glad that I get to call you friend too. So thank you, Becky. You're that welcome. means a lot to me. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Thriving in the Trenches. I have hope that it will have encouraged you in your journey and that you will know the love of God even more intimately. Please share this podcast with a friend on your social media pages or leave a review in iTunes. You are welcome to join me on our Instagram or Facebook group where we can grow in friendships. Thanks for coming. Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by Jack Kane Ford. Find your next Ford Tough vehicle at KaneFord.com. CMF Curo is the country's first Catholic healthcare ministry to provide an affordable health sharing solution rooted in Catholic teaching and community. Learn more at MyCatholicHealthcare.com slash podcast. That's MyCatholicHealthcare.com slash podcast.